Old Man Winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. <laughs> Heaven! Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, Old Man Winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com. Morant with a running start. Elevates, oh, and dunks! Oh, my goodness! Tell if there are any punches being thrown under there, but Griffin took except Adams going long. Morant! Oh, he hit it! He hit it! He hit it! John Morant, insanity! You gotta be kidding me. Welcome to Grits and Grinds, a Memphis Grizzlies podcast. My name is Keith Parrish, and I'm joined today by Chris Harrington of the Daily Memphian. Chris, good morning. What's up? I'll tell you what's up. The Grizzlies have two all-stars, Chris. It's Two all-stars. It's wild. I was legitimately stunned that Jaron Jackson Jr. was named an all-star reserve. What was your reaction? It's hard to claim, like, you know, everyone thinks your team doesn't get any respect. It's hard to claim you don't, don't get any respect when you get an all-star <laughs> pick that I'm not sure I would have made myself, you know? Right. That's, I mean, I... You know, like we did the all-star reserves on fast break breakfast and I basically was like, and I'm putting in number 12, Jaron, his per minute impact is insane. His plus minus is incredible. It's like right next to Jokic for the biggest, like plus minus per game. But then we talked about it for a while and it's like, you know what? I think I might put Anthony Edwards in. <laughs> so let me ask you, did you have Paul George? I did have Paul George in. Okay. So, so I did this. I have, I've not done the exercise, Yeah, but I got asked on my radio, my daily radio hit here in Memphis on the Jeff Hawkins show yesterday. So do it off the top of your head. And so I, I had Paul George. So I had the same, I had the same picks as the actual picks until I got to number 12. Yeah. And at number 12, I, I didn't have a definitive answer because I was like, you know, maybe Aaron Gordon, maybe De'Aaron Fox. You know, Davis and Booker, obviously, but they missed so much time. Maybe Jaron. I didn't even think about Anthony Davis, but now, like, maybe Anthony Davis. I'm not sure who I would pick if I really sat down and thought about it, did the exercise, but I odds are it would not have been Jaron Jackson. 
Right. When I did it, it was about 10 days ago. Um, that's before the Grizzlies started losing every one of their games. Right. But also it, it they've been, I guess, less missed time for some guys. Cause I put in Anthony Davis, I put in Devin Booker. I was basically trying to decide between Lowry Markinen, Jaron Jackson Jr. and Anthony Edwards. And oh, so, so you so you didn't yeah. have the same. See, I had Markinen. I had no. Markinen and Sabonis. I, I was all like, the same guys. I'm a detractor. Yeah. I'm more of a somebody's got to score. Like right. he's really, really good, but I think Jaron's better than Larry Markinen, just in a vacuum. Maybe oh, I agree. There. If you're, so, if you're, if you're, if you know, if you're doing as they were actually going to do, you're right. picking teams like you know on the playground or whatever. I'm picking Jaron definitely yeah. over Larry. So, but but even as it broke, once it became like, all right, Anthony Davis might not make it because like just listening to people talk, I still didn't hear a bunch of NBA analysts picking Jaron. I was still, no. yeah, I was still very very surprised. And again, because like as a Grizzlies fan who's obviously biased, because I was like, I don't know. I think I might put Anthony Edwards in over him. Uh, <laughs> imagine, imagine if we were having this conversation two weeks into the season. Yeah. And I had told you the Grizzlies will have a second all-star. Yeah. It will be Jaron Jackson Jr. That's right. I mean, what That's were right. the, what are the odds of that would have been? It's, I mean, I mean, honestly on this show, like I can't remember after which specific game, but there was a game Jaron played that was so good where I was like, for the first time in my life, I am. Uh, I'm I'm almost sure Jaron will be an all-star at some point in his career. And that's the first time that had ever happened to me personally as a Grizzlies fan. I know a lot of fans are super optimistic and always thought like, oh yeah, he was always going to be an all-star. But like, I was always like, all right, he's good. He's a good defensive player. You know, if he puts it together and there's team success, maybe one day he'll be an all-star. And I feel like that's going to happen. But I still did not think it would happen this season. Well, let, let me pat myself on the back just a little bit. When, oh, when Drew, and, Drew and I did a pod, as we do traditionally, meaning this is the second time, but we did it at the start of the season. We did our predictions pod. One of his questions was, who will be the Grizzlies' second most valuable player this season? Yeah. John Morant, obviously, being the first. This is this is on the before the season started, when Jared Jackson was slated to miss a month. My answer to that question was Jaron Jackson Jr., not Desmond Bain. There you go. I, I've been, I've been, I've been a Jaron booster from the jump a little bit back to the draft. Um, you've been a little bit more skeptical on some fronts. Are you a believer now that the three point shooting is maybe not ever what it's going to be year two, which was crazy, but like it's legitimate strength of his game? Yeah, I mean, I think I'm more of a. Uh, I believe he can make 35% of his threes. So that's better than 30%, which he was cruising at for a while. That's a shot blocking, you know, no, no, I'll take power it. forward center. Like that's a plus. Though. I'm not greedy. I'm not picking. Yeah. I'll, I'll, I'll take it. No, he's, he's been awesome this whole year. I mean, yeah. the, if you wanted to get a real hot take for Drews, who's the second most important Grizzlies player this year, you could have gone, John Morant. you could have gone John Morant. You could have, you could have, you could have, right, 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 right. you could have worked out some Jaron is truly the most yeah, important yeah. or yes, yeah, Steven Adams. I mean, it was, it was built into the question. Uh, shout out to that. Uh, Steven Adams stats account. This, this Grizzlies run of games been tremendous, tremendous for his content as the Grizzlies look totally lost uh, without Steven Adams in the middle. The, um, the Jaron all-star. Yep. Again, like you're saying, would you have put like I still would have put Devin Booker over him? I don't know how we're supposed to judge all these missed. Like I don't Devin know, Booker's a better again, player. If I'd done the exercise, I don't I, I think I may have come to Anthony Edwards. The thing about him is yeah, he's played more, but like he he did the the Luka Doncic memorial, like let's play our way into shape over the course of the season. And yes. so like, you know, I you know, to me there is some demerits for that. Yeah. So Jaron wasn't playing early, but like Anthony Edwards like didn't have a, a, a good as good of an excuse, you know. To, you know, he wasn't coming I think up with I heard foot injury. Kevin Pelton say like Anthony Edwards is right now on the trajectory where it could be. We look back at the end of the season and we're like, 
He didn't make the all-star game because he's, yeah. cur- he's currently uh, carrying this Timberwolves team with our guy, Kyle, Kyle well, Anderson. I, I, uh, I said, I said, I said a few weeks ago, uh, somewhere, maybe our pod, maybe on Jeff show about Jaron, but now I would, I would transfer that no longer applies to Jaron. I could transfer the same sentiment to Anthony, to Anthony Edwards. He's someone I said about Jaron a few weeks ago, he probably won't make the all-star team, but would have a chance to make all NBA. Like he may have a better chance at all yeah. NBA than all-star. Uh, obviously that's no longer true because he's now an all-star, but may, Anthony Edwards may be the player who that applies to, so, you know, Devin Booker comes back and has a hot, you know, close to the season, you know, that that is the weird thing about All Star that it's a half season thing. Yeah, and for for Jaron to get it, having missed the first month, and then the people talk about the minutes. I think the minutes are irrelevant. I don't I don't ding him as much for that because I think people falsely, you know, uh, attach the fouls as the reason, and and I, right. I demonstrated. I think even though no one wants to hear it, that's not really the reason. Yeah, but but whatever the reasons are, the minutes are pretty low, and I do think that is a factor that matters. I think it's funny when people are like minute, and when they people use the minutes excuse, you're like, well, he's third in the NBA in total blocks, right? Like that's incredible. And you're like, oh, he doesn't play that many minutes. Like, well, okay, <laughs> but he's right. The Grizzlies outscore their opponent by more than any other player, uh, you know, for their team. In those minutes he play already, it's like why why is he penalized for not playing that many minutes? This is more of like it's incredible what he's doing. Even like I always say, if you need to add despite playing few minutes, then say the awesome stat if that helps you in some way. You know, uh, right. comprehend how how impactful he's been. Um, so Jaron doesn't play on Thursday night against the Cavaliers. It's it the thing I'm struggling with um, is trying to not. Uh, I don't know, like. Are we supposed to wrap all these games together? Because they've lost seven of eight. And that is right. not what teams that are supposed to be good do. But for most of these games, unless you abide by the Shannon Sharp broke the Grizzlies theory, most of these games, you have some pretty solid built-in excuses. Yeah, no, you you isolate every individual game and pretty much all of them, unless I'm missing something or, you know, I mean, you lose at Cleveland. You, 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 you were likely to lose at Cleveland period. You, the Suns lost stunk. Yeah. I mean, you lose, he, okay. Yeah. Yes. You lose at Cleveland um, without both of your starting bigs. I mean, that's, right. that's a, that's a rough spot to be without your two starting bigs. The game against Portland was disappointing, but like, you know, you're in a close game. It's a, it'd be a regular season game against a decent team with a great player and you're in a close game and they make more shots. I think I obviously Steven Adams is a big loss. He is so important to the way this team plays. I think you see that in his absence. Um, I think I've been pretty consistent about this through the ups and through the downs. Um, and I said this before the season started. And I, you know, when I wrote my first trade column, it was a month ago in the middle of the 11 game win streak when they were tied for first in the West is when it published. And the headline for that column was the Grizzlies have a wing problem. Can 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 the trade market fix it? And I wrote that again when they were first in the West and on eleven game win streak. It was true then, and it's true again now that they're struggling. It's been true all season, and I think that that lack of shooting and lack of perimeter depth is is a problem. Um, that said, if the Grizzlies, Stephen Adams gets gets back and the Grizzlies get healthy, like I, they're going to be really good again. I you know I, I don't think that there, it's some like it's gone off the rails. Oh no, situation. I just think that they are susceptible. I think to some degree, it's a little bit gone off the rails where maybe they've lost, if they have lost their mojo or their swagger or, or something, um, right. a little bit less confident. But yeah, like they were, they were big underdogs on Thursday night, you know, second, second half of back to back. You're going up against an Evan Mobley, uh, Jared Allen front court uh, without, 
you know, you're starting well, Santi Aldama and Xavier Tillman. I'd say one of the most troubling stretches in this is this in this, you know, one in seven is the is in the the one game that they won where they're home against sure. the, an Indiana team that's not good and without their best player. And the Grizzlies looked terrible for the first half of that game. And they had to really summon the energy to finally set some, set things right in that game. And so in some ways that get that performance troubled me as much as, 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 as any of the losses. Yeah. I am trying to think if they're like, it's been a solid during this little eight game stretch. And you can even include the, the Cleveland win the 11th game of the winning streak where they right. played the Cavaliers that when the Cavaliers didn't have Donovan Mitchell, like it was a close game. It was a good game and Cleveland's a good quality opponent, even when Mitchell doesn't play. But like in this stretch, I don't feel like there's been a big, like, uh, or like you feel like the Grizzlies are rolling, you know, there was, I guess the second half against the Pacers, we're like, all right, they've given up and we've, we figured this out. And now we're just taking it to the rim nonstop. And we're hitting these little pick and pops with Brandon and Clark in the middle of the paint. We're scoring every single time beyond that. Like the offense has not been consistent. It's not been good. And like, again, trying to parse how much of that is just Steven Adams, like the shooting woes. I mean, yeah, we got a wing problem. We know we got a wing problem. Um, like Tyus Jones has been bad. The past yeah, five I, I games, think, just it's I, been. I, I, I think rough. This, I think this Grizzly starting lineup, when every player is playing up to their capabilities, is great. But you have Stephen Adams missing games. You've had Desmond Bain has been up and down with because of injury stuff and and missing time again with with the knee, and so he's been out. And Dylan Brooks has had the worst month. I think Dylan Brooks is really good early in the season, even with his inefficiency. Yeah. Um. But the past month has been probably the worst stretch he's played since his second season. You know, it, it, it's been particularly bad. And then obviously culminating last night, a little cherry on top of the bad, the bad stretch right. against Cleveland. A little boink so, on top, yeah. And so due to injury and various injuries and underperformance, like, you know, they haven't had that starting five altogether and all playing well. And, you know, as much as they like to talk about, you know, the coach speak is rampant here in Memphis, but as much as they talk about the next man up mentality, they're just not equipped to, to have to, no. for that to matter as much this season as, as it, to be as effective with that as, as it was. I, I was like thinking to myself, like there is a there is a vast difference between getting excited when it's like John Conchar's night to play some, right, versus needing John Conchar. You know, yeah. <laughs> like like there's there's a wide gap between those emotions. Like, oh, cool, Conchar's going to get minutes tonight. Oh, I love it when he plays too. Oh, is he our eighth best guy? This is rough. He the also, only, sorry, go ahead. I think the only guy you feel like that about this season is Santi Aldama. Uh, that's that's true for me. It is. Yeah. Like there's, I mean, I I know we're only allowed to to mention the guys who left our team once this episode, but uh, <laughs> per, per episode, like it used to be when a guy was out, you're like, oh, cool. We're going to play a bunch of slow-mo Jaren front court minutes. We're going to play a bunch of these guys front court minutes. And now it's like, we're just going to hang on for dear life, huh? Uh, right. Xavier Tillman is starting again. No, Conchar, he and Dylan Brooks both over the past month, I'm like, are they secretly injured? I know he was in the concussion protocol for real, but like their offense is so awful. Like Conchar is at career lows on yeah. points per minute and things. And it's and been, I think, 11 straight games since he's made more than one shot in a game. And this is the regular season. And, and I, are, yeah. I already had no reason to really believe in him come playoff time. Right. But your hope with him is like, you know, he helps soak up minutes and give you good minutes in the regular season. And now that that's not even happening. And yeah, so he's, what is he signed through 2028? Yeah. 
And, and so, yeah, they just don't, you know, when, when there are cracks in that, in that starting lineup armor, as there have been for the past few weeks, they just don't have the wherewithal. And they've done a better job with it in the front court because Aldama and frankly, Tillman has played well by his standards. I think. That's, yeah. I try not to know? put Tillman down because he's played well. He's just not as good as the opponents. That's right. There's just, you know, there's <laughs> no, things he can't. not as good. He's a six, eight, four bound guy. He's going to struggle to finish and whatever. But like, I think he is, he has acquitted himself well, given, given yeah. his skill set. Um, Aldama, we should say against the Cavaliers, uh, career high, 21 points, getting the start again, uh, tied his career high with four made threes, tied his career high with 10 rebounds, looking great with a mustache. Yeah. Aldama's a guy I get excited when he gets an opportunity. Everybody else is just kind of like, uh, I grit my teeth. Um, but let's talk, let's talk about Dylan Brooks. Uh, yeah. First of all, Dylan Brooks uh, purposefully hit Donovan Mitchell. There's no question, right? I, I think is there, there is, any degree of doubt in your mind. I think there is there is minimal question. I I, I believe that was likely intentional. Um, I believe there's enough plausible deniability that I people have thrown out a ten game suspension and stuff like that. I don't see that. I think there's enough. No, oh, like I fell down and I was flailing and you can. But do I believe it was intentional? Yeah, I do. Yeah, I mean they're not going to do ten games unless they're creating a new rule book right that's um, right. We, lots of players have done these things um no i my my official stance on almost anything like this is these are professional athletes that are unbelievably coordinated they know where their limbs go uh right. mo- most of the time and yeah like if you do i guess you do the slow-mo you could probably read too much into like the freeze framing of like he's looking at him now he's sizing it up he is going for the swing right. um no i think it, it, in the moment i didn't know what happened in the moment, I was just confused. Um, I thought in the moment, I thought Dylan was like rolling up into Donovan Mitchell's ankles. And then you see the replay. You're like, oh, OK, I get it. Um, well, I, I thought I thought in the moment it was just one of those like elbow out, push off, like get off of me things. Yeah. Um, and it was it was a little more than that, obviously, when you Sabrina filmed it. Yeah. So. Dylan has this play. Dylan has the dirty foul against Gary Payton, two in the playoffs last year. I'm worried I'm. Now Not, I think I think the Peyton thing. If I'm ascribing intent, I'm ascribing more intent to this Donovan Mitchell thing than the Gary Payton thing. I think the Gary Payton thing was he lost control of his body. I think he was trying to break up the play. Yeah, but I do not think in that moment he intended to hit him on the back of the head. I I can I can agree with that, and I also agree. I think that it was a reckless play. It was an absolutely an, reckless play. Yeah. It's a play you can't make. You know, right. and it, it, correctly, he was suspended for that foul for that foul two. Um, I, I don't think he was intending to hurt Gary Payton too, but the consequences of his actions, which were poor, where you know he got hurt. Um, yeah. I do know that Dylan is loathed uh, among a lot of NBA fan bases, and apparently among other players and, and coaches to a degree. Maybe I'm getting just too biased as a Grizzlies fan where I'm not seeing these instances because like I don't have like a full laundry list of things where I remember like Dylan punched a guy there or this is not like a Grayson Allen situation where I'm like, hey, we tripped this guy, he tripped this guy. But people are talking about Dylan like he has this. Am I am I totally just blinded uh, by my Grizzlies I fandom? I don't remember other specific incidents like these two were talking about. Yeah, Um. I. I I mean, clearly he is a player who plays sort of along the edge. Yeah. Um, and like intent, you know, plays physically and 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 talks and yaps and tries to get in, get in the physical space of players and and annoy players and and all of that. I I don't again, I don't remember 
to me, like with Draymond Green, like over the over a period of time, it's like this laundry list, right, of, of specific instances. Right. Yeah. I don't remember, certainly I don't remember prior to the Peyton thing, Dylan Brooks being suspended for an incident, right? Or or, or that kind of thing. Correct. Yeah. That's the only, I'm almost certain that's the only one. Yeah. I don't even think he has that many flagrant fouls in his. He has lots of technicals, but I don't some, think. He, oh, he loves I, I mean, he's, a, yeah. he, you know. I don't know if the uh, the technical foul point system is holding him back in any way. It doesn't feel like it is. He's certainly going right. to get suspended um, later in the year for uh, accruing technical and flagrant foul points. Um, yeah, so I'm struggling with this. Like, is like is Dylan Brooks a dirty player? Question because I think most people would say yes. And this play, I, that's dirty. If you if you hit a guy, but you know, in the groin, like. I don't know what other word to call it. Uh, so like, where do you, would you consider Dylan Brooks to be a dirty player or just um, misunderstood I, I, and moody? I, I would not. If other, if other people wanted to call him a dirty player, I would not mount a full throated defense. You know, I, <laughs> that's where we're I, at. Yeah. I, I would put it that way. I, I, I think, I think he, I think it's a borderline. Yeah. I'm going to see if I can find out how many flagrant fouls uh, Dylan Brooks has, but, but uh, it's interesting. It's interesting that, that, you know, this slump with this cherry on top of the slump sort of happening right, right in the week before the trade deadline. And it's, it's, you know, it, it has made me think a little bit more. It sort of changed. I've been pretty consistent all season about the Grizzlies and what they should or shouldn't do and that kind of thing. Yeah. But I, the Dylan Brooks thing now, I, it, it makes me wonder sort of about the path forward with him a little bit. I, I don't think, you know, he's going to be a free agent of the summer, so they have decisions to make. Um, I think if you were to try to trade him now, like you, it would be, it would be, it would be selling low. I mean, I don't know if he would function just more than, than an expiring contract in a trade. Um, and so I, I don't know. It, it's an interesting situation with that. Well, I'm now with this. Uh, has Dylan played himself down into the extension being reasonable? No, that's the, interesting. And the four-year, sixty million yeah. is like his his limit that the NBA rules say he can sign. And everyone's correctly pointing out, like Tyler Hero is making thirty million dollars a year, or you know, right. like like. <laughs> no, the the four four sixty and, and and Hollinger had a piece, and I haven't had a chance to read it yet. I texted with him about it because I heard someone mention it on a podcast, and I haven't had a chance to look it up. But he he had a piece recently about the idea of a renegotiate and extend with Dylan using. The Grizzlies are actually under the actually under the salary cap very slightly, which a lot of people may not know that you could use that to boost his salary this season, and it's an inducement to then extend off of it. Oh, okay. um, um, and in theory, like if you wanted, I don't think they're going to do this. In theory, if you traded at the deadline and opened up more cap space, like you traded Danny Green to the, you could give Danny Green to the Spurs and open up cap space and really like do a real like extension, um, extend and renegotiate and extend and bolt and bump that force 460 up a little bit higher as an inducement. Um, I feel like all, even with all the problems Dylan has had, I would have that 460 on the table and if yeah. he would take it, I'd be happy with that. And then how, sure. I'll deal with it going forward. Yeah. That's how I feel. Um, I'm still looking to upgrade from Dylan Brooks if that's possible. Um, and I, you know, there, there are people out there who are just, who, who believe in the, the uh, addition by subtraction by getting rid of Dylan. Yeah. I'm not one of those, but I am someone who like, I, I if I can upgrade from him, I'm, I'm looking to do that. I think that's hard to do because what he does defensively, I think is crucial for the team and not that many other players can do it. 
but he's not the only player who can do it. And that's why I'm, I'm all the way right. in on the idea of trading for OGN. And he's not, he's not the like, only player uh, in the league who can do it. We should specify. He's so, the only. Is that, is that, is that what I said? No, it's what you said, but I wanted to fill that in because like the, uh, the addition by subtraction people, like surely they don't still exist that like, if this specific yeah, the, roster, Gri- the Grizzlies have no one else who can do it. <laughs> yeah, like I, I'm right. like you're you're we're not depending on Zaire or John Conchar or David Roddy to step into Dylan Brooks' maybe, role. Maybe uh, theoretically, you know, maybe in three years, like right. Zaire or Roddy, but not right now. And so that's why, like, you know, but I am I, I would be interested in that's why I, I am pretty high on the the idea of if if he's available of trading for someone like Ananobi, who I think would upgrade that spot. And even if it's a marginal upgrade, I think you're at the you're at the place now as a Grizzlies team where you're not going to upgrade your top three spots. You're just done. You have your core trio. That's Morant, Bain, Jackson. That is your team. And so even marginal upgrades at like you know your fourth guy, fifth guy, sixth guy are more meaningful ultimately, especially if it's over multiple seasons, than a short term upgrade of your eighth, ninth guy. Yeah. Uh, let's talk more about uh, maybe a possible trade right after this short break. All Grizz all the time. Stay connected and follow at MemGrizz and at Grind City Media across all social channels, including Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram for breaking news, one-of-a-kind content, and all the perspectives you won't find anywhere else. All right, so I'm back with Chris Harrington. Uh, Chris. The one thing I didn't know that the, the John Hollinger thing about like the Grizzlies could actually renegotiate, give Dylan a bigger salary. That's very, very interesting. Um, yep. it, it definitely opens the parameters of things that can happen for this trade deadline. You mentioned you're basically in favor of maybe trading for Ananobi. I um, I like Ananobi's game a lot. Where I'm at right now on it is um, uh, like how many first round picks is a fourth best player worth? You know, and and you've already said like. We have our big three, we we think, um, and so I I don't know the answer to that question. So like, what's your what's your best offer that you would pitch so, for Ananobi? I'm trying to work on a trade deadline revisited column because I, I wrote yeah. my trade deadline column like a month ago, right? And yeah. it all still applies, frankly. I mean, it's all there, but now we're like a week away, and I feel like I need to revisit it. And and what what I've been what I'm struggling with is less of a here's a bunch of trades than a here's sort of a manifesto about how I think about the Grizzlies right now kind of thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, there's a prisoner of the moment of they get a chance to win a title. Like, you know, they need shooting you need help, you know, you got to make a trade. And then there's the, you know, we're talking, we're about sustained success. We have this young team. We have all these draft picks, young players. We're thinking long-term and I've come around to more of a midterm way of thinking in that I look at, I think about, you know, John Morant, Desmond Bain, Jaron Jackson Jr. is your, is your inner core. What's the worst case scenario with those, with that as the inner core? The worst case scenario is that it peaks early, that you don't get like the, you know, you can dream of this 10 years worth of contention and you don't get it because, you know, of injury or whatever, like John Morant, people are already worried that he's going to peak early or the injury right. stuff. And so from a worst case scenario perspective, that would lead you towards trying to maximize, you know, open up your window more right now, even if it's, if it's at the expense of the long term. Well, what's the best case scenario with those guys? The best case scenario is they are a more modest version of, say, a Parker, a Duncan Parker Ginobili with the Spurs or a Curry Thompson Green with the Warriors, where maybe you don't win multiple titles together over a 10 year period, but you can compete together at a high level 
over like a decade long. Like that's the best case scenario. Like yeah. you're you're in the mix for a decade with these guys who are all in their early twenties now. Well, if you look at those Warriors and Spurs teams, there were no other players who who, who span those eras. It was just those three. The roster turned over one hundred percent around yeah, those yeah. three players over the course of the eras. And so, I am focused on my idea is that like three years from now, I don't know how many players are going to be on this team that other than John Morant, Desmond Bain, and Jaron Jackson. Right. I, and so I'm thinking about you're you're right now in the first iteration. You hope you get a second and a third, but you may not. I'm focused on the first iteration. And to me, how long does that last? I think it lasts two more seasons after this one because that's Steven Adams' contract, and that's probably the, the length of his prime. And at that point, you're probably changing your center and you're changing the way you play. And so, yes, like the, the Grizzlies have a good draft and develop history. Yes, hitting on those players is helpful um, to help bridge eras, to help move into new iterations if you hit on players, to help you know maintain depth while your star players start to soak up more of your salary cap. But it's hard, and you're seeing it this season, it's hard to have a third of your roster be developmental players when you're trying to win. That's one thing when you're yeah. rebuilding, you have lots of darts. The more darts you have, more likely you are to hit a Desmond Bain. But when you're trying to win and you have on this season's team – Five players who are first and second year players, plus the Danny Green, who's just, you know, you when you have that many players who aren't ready to win now, it's really a crutch for your team. And so the Grizzlies already have five first and second year players on their roster. They have four first round picks in the next three seasons and five second round picks in the next three seasons. You only have so many roster spots to work with. And so I am interested in, I'm willing to sacrifice a lot of draft capital to open the window, not just on this season, but on this iteration of the yeah. next three years with the idea that I'm going to, I'm going to be, I don't know. I'm going to be changing up my team a lot at some point. Anyway, I'm not going to have maybe one or two of these guys becomes like a Kevon Looney or Bruce Bowen who has a long run, but only one or two, like maybe Brandon Clark is that guy or Zaire Williams is that guy or resign Dylan Brooks is that guy. Chances are that like, you know, Tyus Jones and, and Steven Adams, all these guys are a part of this iteration. They're not part of the iter- the second iteration in two years. And so if I can increase the window of these next three seasons, even if I'm giving up a lot of draft capital to do it, I'm doing it. And the thing about Ananobi I like is he's the only guy available who could turn that trio into a quartet. Okay. That he could be, he is exactly the right position, exactly the right age and the right skill set that if you can afford it, and if I'm Robert Parra, I think I, I if I want to win, I'm going to afford it. You can add him to that three and make it a four in a way that I don't think anyone else on this roster does. Um, and so am I willing to give up two or three first round picks? Yeah, I am, because it's not a one year thing. I'm, I, I'm, I'm increasing the window of this iteration of the Grizzlies, and I'm not worrying too much about a second and third iteration that I can't guarantee is going to be there anyway. So what are the so? I agreed with a lot of what you said. I mean, I, I, it was also very encouraging. It's a good encouraging word from the, uh, the future's a bright still despite dropping seven of eight. Um, so what are the, what are the first you detached? Cause like, who cares about this year's first, you know, it's going to be, right. we think, well, we think it was going to be late in the, uh, the first round. It's, it's, so, it's, it's creeping up. Uh, but yeah, you know, but then I, you know, you, you give up the warriors pick and then are you throwing in unprotected, like far in the future, like 27s or 29s or something? I mean, my hope is that, you know, whatever contract, let's say, it's, I'm assuming it's Danny Green, but maybe Dylan Brooks, you know? I mean, maybe did, maybe Dylan. Right. But let's say it's Green, let's say it's a young player of their choice, let's say the Zaire Williams. Yeah. 
and let's say it's the 23 pick and the Warriors pick in 24, I'm hoping to not put a third pick in that. Maybe right. you put a pick swap. Maybe you put a pick swap, you know, in 2025 or something like that. But I am not, at the end of the day, I'm over, I'm willing to overpay a little bit. I, I think in the NBA, you don't get many chances to, to, to pay four quarters for a 50 cent piece. And while in, in like elementary school math, that is not an even exchange in the yeah. NBA world with finite roster spots for a team that has a chance to win, that actually is a valuable thing to do to, to overpay a little bit, to boost up the top, you know, to, 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 to increase the fourth, to improve the fourth guy in your pecking order when you're already set at one, two, three, I think is worth quite a bit actually. Yeah. Um, yeah, it, it's a convincing argument. Um, my hesitations with Ananobi also, I don't know if it's fair, but like I, I have the injury concerns where yeah. he's been under 50 games the last two seasons. Um, uh, force, the championship year, he, he missed a 40 games that year, if you count well, the hard playoff there, there, There's the specter of past Grizzlies attempts to trade for, past Grizzlies yeah. in-season trades for missing these wings. Yeah. Uh, Ronnie Brewer, Jeff Green, Justice yeah. Winslow. That's not a great lineage. No. Um. But I, I don't I don't see an opportunity that's going to come um, to find a player who can both increase your window now and and potentially, you know, add to your core. I just don't see that. Yeah. I don't see any other opportunity that's going to come for that. So for if I'm including Dylan as the matching salary and I guess people who are the addition by subtraction would be fine with that. I feel like you're not I'm worried we're not advancing enough this immediate season where I would, no, right. you know, I this wouldn't want the, to give up a lot of, uh, of future first. If I, it, if I could get him without with keeping Dylan, then I'm much more interested. Well, this is something I've already written in my, uh, yet maybe published later today column is that if you, if you think trading for OG Ananobi is going to fix what most else, the Grizzlies at this precise moment, you're going to be disappointed by that. Um, it, 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 cause the Grizzlies are already a top three defense. He's a defense first player. Yep. Um, and so to me, that trade, is I think useful for this season, but the primary reason I'm making it is to set myself up for next season. You know, I, I'm helping this season, but I'm also trying to set myself up better for next season. And that's my impetus on any trade I make, frankly. That's why I'm not I'm not interested in rentals that much. Yeah. If I can get a Malik Beasley who's under contract next season, or Alex Caruso is under contract next season. Um, I'm looking at players under contract next season that I think can be part of my rotation in a meaningful way next season as well. And I'm really interested in trading the Danny Green contract because I think Danny Green's value for the Grizzlies this season is likely marginal. I think his value for the Grizzlies for the rest of the, what I'm calling this iteration is zero. And so <laughs> I am trying to trade Danny Green's contract in a way that helps me over the next three seasons. Yeah, I think I don't know. If I had to guess, I would say Danny Green's going to be here, and and our, right. our I think you're right, and, and our team is set. I mean, all these trade talks. I, I I have to keep reminding myself that like when the starters are healthy, and if we add Tyus Jones, Brandon Clark, and Danny Green, that might be good enough. Like that might that might be good enough. Of course, if you're not healthy, uh, you got a problem. Um, let's finish uh, with this before we get you out of here. Uh, we have to mention. That of all those first and second year players on the Grizzlies roster, only one was named to the Rising Stars Challenge. Santi was robbed, man. That's Kenneth Lofton, yeah, Junior. Uh, this also, um, this was maybe more surprising to me than the Jaron Jackson Junior news, only because I didn't know they were going to add G League players. Yeah, I didn't. I didn't either. <laughs> I was like, I what? didn't either. 
the Lofton thing, and I, I have not, I I promise, like, you know, get me to drive down to South Haven. He has actually not gotten me to drive down to South Haven this <laughs> season. Um, he's putting up big numbers in the G League, which is not surprising to me. Um, and I think he has real, some, as I've said from the beginning, I think he has some real translatable skills for the NBA level. He also has a game that has some problems at the NBA level. Yeah. And I don't, I, it's, you know, he's only on the one year G League contract. Um, I'll be interested to see what the future holds with him. I, you know, I, I'm not really sure which way it's going to head. Yeah. I mean, no, no, Steven Adams, no Jaron Jackson Jr. We can't get some Kenneth Lofton Jr. Uh, just, just try, good, try it out. Yeah. No, I, I honestly, like, I don't know what he's doing in, in the hustle, you know, in, in the G league. Like I see the stats, but I haven't seen him play. I, part of me was wondering like, is this just for social media engagement? Because he's a social media darling for whatever reason. If you tweet about Kenneth Lofton Jr., you'll get a thousand likes. I don't know right. why. He's just a popular, uh, charismatic, fun guy, and uh, it'll be cool. The the Grizzlies are going to be very well represented at All-Star Weekend. Um, maybe I should have planned to go. Oh, well, I guess that should have yeah. sailed. Uh, anyways, Chris, uh, a pleasure having you on, as always. Uh, everybody out there, make sure you check out the Daily Memphians Grizzlies podcast and the Daily Memphian Grizzlies coverage. Chris, look forward to next time. All right. Thanks, Keith. winter here. If I had it my way, it would stay winter all year long. Short days, wind chill, black ice and a good polar vortex. Oh, <laughs> heaven. Wait, is it getting warm in here? Your cold snap is over, old man winter. Spring has arrived. Spring. Spring is here, which means it's the perfect time to get away in the Hyundai you've always wanted. Visit the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event, where you can get great deals on all of our award-winning Hyundai models, like the tech-filled Tucson and Kona, as well as the spacious Palisade. Enjoy wherever you go with the peace of mind that comes with America's best warranty and three years or 36,000 miles of complimentary maintenance. But hurry in. These deals won't last. Add more joy to your journey at the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Now get 0% APR or up to 1500 bonus cash on the Hyundai Tucson. Now, during the Hyundai Getaway Sales Event. Offers end soon. Call 562-314-4603 for details. If you're a woman over 40 dealing with hot flashes, insomnia, brain fog, moodiness, or weight gain, you don't have to accept it as just another part of aging. The experts at Midi Health know all these symptoms can be connected to the hormonal changes of menopause. And MIDI can help with safe, effective, FDA-approved solutions covered by insurance. 91% of MIDI patients get relief from symptoms within just two months. Book your virtual visit today at joinmidi.com.